Whether you're a small business or an enterprise power player, if you want to beat your competition, you must create more video ads than ever before. However, the video production process has traditionally been expensive and time-consuming, but QuickFrame by Mountain is here to change that. No matter the size of your business, QuickFrame unlocks access to a global network of creators and production companies eager to deliver a more efficient way for your brand to produce high-quality video content. Visit quickframe.com to learn more. Everyone collects data, but are you collecting the right data for your audience? Does the data you collect help you understand your users, your advertisers, and their KPIs? And is it optimized to ensure it's having an impact? Join Eric Meese, Director of Product, Video Experience, Ad, and Ad Operations at Anime Powerhouse Crunchyroll this week on Good Data Better Marketing to find out the answers to all these questions and more. Eric shares insights from his decade plus of experience specializing in product management and ad operations. That's Good Data, Better Marketing, available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. Today on the AW360 Podcast, I speak with Adam Lewinson, Chief Content Officer at Tubi. Adam and I discuss how AVOD is thriving in our subscription-fatigued world, the excitement around Tubi Originals, particularly as we head into the Halloween season, and the upcoming buzz around Tubi providing on-demand access to World Cup. I hope you enjoy this episode. Adam, welcome to the AW360 podcast. Richard, thank you. Very excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. You are chief content officer of a company that is now all about content all the time. So that is pretty exciting to me. Tell me about the state of Tubi, though, first. Where are you guys at? Where are you going? And how, how how's the outlook right now, 2022? Great. Well, Richard, I appreciate it. And um well, boy, well, Tubi's having quite a year. I think a lot of people uh, in the industry started out saying 2022 was going to be the year of AVOD. And uh, for someone like me who's been in AVOD for quite some time, uh, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, and here we are. It's truly been a phenomenal year for Tubi. And we've got our really own unique uh, prop, value proposition for Tubi, which is essentially well over 45,000 titles uh, with a heavy focus on personalization and using algorithms just to make the experience truly bespoke for every individual viewer. And the reason behind that is if you just look at how we consume content these days, and as you said, Richard, you're, you're a, a consumer of content, as am I, and if we spent time talking through what are you watching, what am I watching, chances are we're watching different things. Or even if we were watching the same thing, uh, like House of the Dragon, maybe, we're probably on different episodes. And just this sense of monoculture that really was overriding all content we're all basically watching the same thing and we go to the water cooler and we talk about it the next day. That's still true for big broadcast events, you know, NFL games, some live events, et cetera, some you know, really big shows like, let's say, The Masked Singer on Fox. Uh, beyond that, 
our viewership has really gotten fractionalized. And so our theory of streaming has always been, we're a rabbit hole for you to come down and have a, a, a deep experience with, frankly, whatever it is that you want to watch. We have viewers that just love horror. So they come to Tubi and they just uh, literally can watch thousands of different uh, horror movies and TV series and uh, original content that I'm sure we'll be discussing. So at this point, we're we're past 54 million monthly active users, uh, very, very engaged um, uh, viewership base. And obviously, uh, since since we are AVOD, it's just 100% ad-supported. We're not asking for anybody's credit cards. We never will. Uh, we don't have a hybrid business model. It's strictly based on consumption. So we're we're very focused on providing our viewers the, the content that they want to watch. So much there I want to dive into, but I think I'm going to start with the personalization part of it. You know, mm -hmm. one of the things that I've struggled with with numerous streaming platforms, you know, be be them SVOD or AVOD or what have you, has always been, yeah, you know me to a point. But I have noticed that Tubi seems to know me a bit better. Why do you think that might be? And what's the process behind that? I mean, I'm not looking for the algorithm, but, you know, just kind of a high level. What are you guys doing differently there at Tubi that, that may make that the case? So personalization on Tubi stems from years and years of a deep investment in technology and in algorithms and really just an understanding that over time, algorithms get smarter, personalization gets more detailed. Obviously, there's lots of metadata that goes into any strong algorithm. Uh, and of course, there's there's some secret sauce there. Fortunately, I'm not an engineer, so I'm not sure I would do an amazing job explaining it. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I, your observation about how well it's wor it works is what we hear from our viewers all the time. And there's also an understanding of content diversity. Uh, even a viewer who comes to Tubi, let's say they only want to watch anime. Well, invariably, they will watch something else. We'll have a movie. We'll have a TV show. We'll have a sporting event like the World Cup uh, where we will be the ex exclusive VOD home of the World Cup uh, late uh, November into December. Uh, that's that's obviously a, a unique content moment that will pull people out of their rabbit holes to watch other forms of content. Um, the other thing that we do with that data, it informs the decisions that I'm making um, in, in my role, both through uh, acquired content, and then also originals, in that we're looking at this data, we're finding these rich insights, and we look at what we call content clusters. So this rich audience information uh, with the types of content different viewers are watching. And then we, in turn, take this and turn it into campaign insights. So the same data that I'm using to make informed decisions is the same data that's accessible to our advertisers to make smart decisions on where to spend their money. So all of that creates this virtuous cycle uh, where you know we're increasingly getting the right content in front of the right viewer at the right time, monetizing it well, 
and targeting it effectively, and then in turn, uh, giving me what I need to invest deeper uh, into those content clusters. So that's, in essence, that's how it works. Well, it's pretty amazing. You guys have done a great job. I'll tell you, I go to another streaming service and I watch four true crime shows and all of a sudden all I'm ever served is true crime. And that's, mm. you know, it's not even half of what I want to watch. It's just what I happen to watch at that time. So this this ability to kind of understand me beyond my immediate needs is is very much appreciated. Now, on the ad side, is that also something where that works as well? I get the sense that it is, but... Is it serving me ads that I would want to see over time? Does it understand me more on that level? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's very similar technology at play there. And uh, certainly, you know, our, our revenue team could can give you a deeper dive on how exactly it works. But we spend a lot of time focused on the ad experience. And if you think about early days of streaming, uh, certainly in an AVOD environment, uh, some viewers were just literally, li- <clears throat> excuse me, were literally being fed the identical commercial over and over and over again. That's obviously a horrible experience. So making sure that we have effective frequency capping, making sure there's the right variety of content, and then also making sure that, you know, content and ads are age appropriate, targeting the right people. So that personalized experience absolutely extends to ads. And let's talk about the investment in originals. So Tubi Originals now have, the, you're a bit over a year old, as I understand it. Is that correct? Yeah, we're probably getting closer to a year and a half. Excellent. How has that come into play? I mean, you're really going hard on originals. You know, it seems like everybody is, but you guys in particular are doing a lot of things that I find pretty surprising. Um, I actually have discovered so many more documentaries mm. that um, you know are specific. You know, they're Tubi originals. I can't see them anywhere else. Tell me a little bit about that, and what is the process for determining? Hey, what's what's an original that you know Tubi wants to feature? Uh, great. Well, Richard, there there obviously is so much that comes from that. I'll, I'll start with really the strategy, and ultimately in my role. Uh, it's it's all about engagement for the viewer. And certainly original content can play a tremendous role in, in engagement. And uh, so you know, for viewers who watch an original in any given week, um, they watch more Tubi than those who only watch non-original content. It's, it's something that just adds to the uniqueness, the, the stickiness, um, sort of the affinity that viewers have with Tubi. Now, there are different ways of approaching original content. One would be, you know, the all things to all people, you know, the Lord of the Rings type of thing or House of the Dragon that I alluded to earlier. These, just by the nature of the material, and their budgets, they're designed to reach a massive audience. And obviously there's a a place for that. Our approach, we're really more focused on tapping into individual fandoms. And what I mean by that is it could be a horror fandom, sci-fi, rom-com, documentary, as you've mentioned, thrillers. It's really just deeper 
tapping into the hyper-personalization that we excel in. So we know that a certain cohort of our viewer, for example, loves Westerns. Well, we're going to be offering up some Westerns shortly that, uh, of course, you'll only be able to watch on Tubi. And those Westerns may not appeal to everybody, and that's fine. But for certain viewers, we know they're going to love them. And so that's really been how we've been focusing on uh, on the original strategy. And then in terms of how we're green lighting and the different types, uh, boy, you know, this is, uh, it's a podcast, so we've got a bit of time, but boy, we could really go on for hours and hours and hours. Um, we've doubled the output of our originals um, and uh, for the year ahead. And that comes at a time when some streaming services are are pulling back on their original productions. So uh, you're you're getting well into a hundred plus originals near term, and we are focused on, as you've mentioned, documentaries. And there's uh, lots going on in terms of horror as we record this. Uh, it's it's Halloween time, so we can talk about our Terror on Tubi promotion. Uh, hyper-focused on adult animation and, and many other things. So I'll let you take into any particular type of content you want. We can go down those rabbit holes, but that gives you an overview of, of how we approach original content. Well, it's a really interesting strategy to go after fandoms when everyone else is is going after genres. And even though there's some crossover there, probably a lot more than I'm thinking of right now, it, it, it feels like an entirely different way of looking at it what are the successful fandoms for tubi and i i guess and as that does cross over into certain genres what are the the big ones right now i mean obviously halloween is is here everybody's going to watch horror stuff except me because you know all that stuff scares me uh but you know <laughs> that aside you know what what have you really seen success with yeah, well, I will start with horror. Uh, since we're we're there, we've had some very successful horror titles, and that's particularly interesting, as you've alluded to, in terms of westerns. There are different types of horror films. There's sort of softer horror, uh, more psychological horror. There's more hard hardcore graphic horror, and and everywhere in between, and. Um, we had a, a a lot of success with a horror movie called Unborn, which is um, you know a, a bit like Rosemary's Baby. It's um, it's about a woman uh, and her wife who are having their first baby, and uh, her her baby may or may not be the spawn of Satan. I don't want to spoil it for you, um, <laughs> but that's the type of, in many respects, a psychological horror film that takes you on this journey. Um, and uh, one of the fun um, horror movies we have coming up for Halloween is called The Final Rose. And that is essentially sort of a take on The Bachelor, where contestants start dying. Um, so again, that's fun on the lighter side of horror. And then our temple for Halloween is a remake of the 1980 cult classic Terror Train. That's a movie that made Jamie Lee Curtis a star. Uh, David Copperfield, the magician, uh, was in that movie as well. So we we remade that, and ultimately that movie is a whodunit. Um, someone is killing 
these young adults trapped on a train and you don't know who it is uh, until the end. So that's a, a very, very fun uh, type of horror film. So I hope you'll check that one out. It's, it is scary. I won't lie. Um, but hopefully you won't have to hide your eyes too, too much. Um, and then I'll, I'll pivot to adult animation. So one of our early originals is an animated series called the freak brothers. So this is based on a, a very a classic comic book from the late sixties, early seventies, the fabulous furry freak brothers. And we've turned that into an animated series with a, a stellar voice cast, uh, including Pete Davidson, Tiffany Haddish, Woody Harrelson, John Goodman. And it's ultimately about these three stoners from the 1960s and their cat, voiced by Tiffany Haddish, who, through comedic circumstances, find themselves in present day. And how do they cope with a very, very different world? certainly through the the stoner lens. So season two is in production right now, and that will be uh, premiering in the next couple of months. And we've announced our next animated series, which is called Breaking Bear. Uh, and so if you can imagine <laughs> sort of cute uh, forest creatures like, I don't know, Yogi Bear, uh, blended with the Sopranos. That's really breaking bear, grizzly bears who become mobsters. And uh, that is from uh, executive producer Tom DeLong, probably best known for Blink-182, but he's turning into a very, very fine producer. So that's another fun one that we have uh, coming up in the mix. And uh, we've got some animated movies to come from Bento Box, uh, which is... Our sister company, I should actually, I should pause to mention, so Tubi is wholly owned by Fox. They acquired us a, a few years ago. And so we're, um, wherever possible, we're leaning heavily with them into uh, creating original content. So as I, as I mentioned with Bento Box, we're also, uh, if I may pivot into unscripted and reality, uh, we have a tremendous amount of of uh, content that we're creating with Fox Alternative Entertainment. They've been producing the lion's share of these documentaries that you alluded to. Lots of true crime. We just launched a Menendez Brothers documentary recently. Also TMZ, which we acquired earlier this year, uh, where we're now we have an ongoing series with TMZ called No BS, where Harvey Levin and his team talk about some uh big big stories in the in the world of TMZ like Jennifer Lopez and Britney Spears and and much more to come there uh as well as some documentaries there's one that we've done with TMZ about the death of Prince which really tells a story that I certainly didn't know uh about the final days of Prince and and how he died and uh, just sort of deeper insight into that tragedy. Uh, and then on a much happier side, we are uh, right now filming uh, our first cooking show. And this is with uh, Studio Ramsey Global. Gordon Ramsey is an executive producer. Uh, we're excited to share this one soon. And uh, it's um, Tubi's take on, on a cooking format, uh, fun, emotional. There's also some cooking in it. 
<laughs> so all of that is is really great fun. Going back to the you know the the, the documentary side of it, you know, you were t- you mentioned earlier you know the, the sort of water cooler moments that live television has. It feels to me like as we go along and as everybody kind of makes that full conversion from you know broadcast television models to streaming, that more and more things become those water cooler moments. So you know things like you know, this Prince documentary. I mean, that seems like one of those things that me and my friends, you know, because we're of that age where we grew up with MTV and Prince was huge. You know, that's the time, the kind of thing that we sit around and discuss, you know, it's like, Hey, did you see that Prince documentary on Tubi? Well, yeah, you know, or if you didn't, well, that's certainly something to check out. It, it feels like across the board, you're covering a lot of things and, and still it's only a year and a half. That's, that's truly amazing. How did you go about scaling your originals that quickly? Mm. Well, Richard, I guess there's a lot of secret sauce there. Um, but, uh, you know, probably the, the pieces, uh, have a great team and it's been scaling quickly as you can imagine, um, working with a lot of phenomenal producers, um, and, uh, really, as I alluded to earlier, really engaging with the data to have a really strong sense of what's going to resonate with our viewer. I should say we also acquired a production company earlier this year, Mar Vista Entertainment, um, was acquired by Fox. And they're a very prolific producer of scripted movies. So um, we've certainly been leaning in with Mar Vista. We were prior to the acquisition as well. So in part, right, it's obviously just having a great team, knowing what you're viewers want to make and then uh well look i've i've been really in the tv business for a number of years and i'm including avod in the tv bucket Mm -hmm. and uh, i hope you learn a few things along the way right you learn from your successes you probably learn a lot more from your failures and that has certainly been helpful in building out a diverse slate trying to be very nimble uh, to current events. And, and by the way, speaking of current events, I will, I will mention one. We, we uh, very recently premiered a scripted movie uh, on a very familiar topic. It's called Hot Take, The Depp Heard Trial. And uh, for that movie, uh, working with our partners at Mar Vista, we very quickly turned around a scripted movie based on the, the court transcripts, uh, giving a sense of what maybe happened beyond the courtroom uh, while that trial was going on and some of the context uh, in the in that uh, story. So it's certainly been something that our viewers have been paying a lot of attention to. And it's something that we were able to turn around very, very quickly. And uh, it's it's been a very uh, entertaining moment for our viewers. How about that? So, there, w- when you've got the right pipeline, you can move pretty quickly on on certain things like that. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, we, you and I talked, you know, in preparation for this just a couple of weeks ago, and it was I think about a week later, the news about that movie was everywhere. So you have World Cup coming up. How does that work? I mean, that's that's going to be, you know, a godsend for somebody like me who does not want to be up at, you know, three o'clock in the morning, even though as much as I love the sport, there's just no way. I mean, that's that's just not a possibility. 
how is that how's that going to work and you know what kind of what can we expect there yeah well richard you're you're absolutely right so many of these matches will be you know overnight 2 a.m 3 a.m depending on your time zone and i'm sure there will absolutely be diehard fans staying up all night uh, i also won't be one of them um, but the way it's going to work is when you wake up in the morning uh, that match that you want to watch will be available on Tubi in video on demand. Click, there it'll be. The entire match it will be there for you to stream. So uh, it should be should prove to be very helpful for viewers who, again, don't want to stay up all night long, but also great for replay because yeah. there are those diehard fans. They just want to see it again or they just want to see parts of the match, etc., and so it's it's a a, a great uh, I think opportunity um, for just huge fans of World Cup to have this outlet, and as our viewership really does shift from uh, sort of the traditional linear network version, again going to watch the live events live. If it's at two in the morning, I'm probably not. So that's <laughs> unique to the World Cup. But increasingly, and certainly our vision of streaming of the future is the predominant way people are going to be viewing is ad-supported video on demand. And so with that, you know, certainly for sports, there's so many reasons to watch it live, live. Um, but with World Cup being a really unique opportunity where VOD is just going to be a great tool for viewers. And I would be remiss not to ask. And with respect to the fact that, you know, you're chief content officer, maybe you can't pick favorites, but everybody has a favorite. What is your favorite both series on Tubi right now and your favorite movie? Mm. Oh, and they, they must be originals, obviously. Uh, of course. Right. I'm sifting through the list of I could say this, I could say that. I. Uh, on the series side, I'd, I'd have to jump to the Freak Brothers. Uh, I just, in terms of my personal consumption, if you look at my queue, uh, I love adult animation. It's always been something that I've leaned into. That's my comfort television. So even if I wasn't involved in the Freak Brothers, I would have watched it by now. So that's one um, I enjoy. And just like a lot of adult animation, very repeatable. There's viewers who will just keep watching episodes of The Family Guy over and over and over again. I absolutely get that. And I feel that way about the Freak Brothers. Um, on the movie side, hmm, you know, I think I'm going to have to pick something that sadly no one has seen yet. Uh, but uh, I've seen the dailies. Uh, if you're not familiar with dailies, that's that's what we see every day um, when a movie is being filmed. They used to call it rushes back in the day. Um, we've wrapped on a movie called Spread, which is a comedy uh, based loosely on a true story of uh, of a young woman, a feminist who goes to work for a very unsavory publication. And uh, in many ways, it's a it's a fun empowerment story starring Elizabeth Gillies, uh, best known for the recent CW Dynasty, and a screen legend, Harvey Keitel. And um, I'm very excited for everyone to see Harvey's performance. I don't think I've ever seen Harvey do exactly this 
ever. Obviously, it, it is a comedy. It's not a gangster movie. Uh, and it was really such a delight to to work with him. So very excited for people to see that um, as that movie comes to fruition. And I'll I'll mention one more in part just because it was so fun to make um, in the horror movie spectrum. Uh, we made a movie called Titanic 666, where uh, we were, I guess, audacious enough to mix the story of the Titanic uh, with horror tropes. And uh, it's a story in modern day about a Titanic following the path of the original and uh, perhaps they're being haunted by the ghosts of the dead. Uh, and that movie stars Annalyn McCord and a really fun cast. We shot it in part on the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Uh, just a, a really, really fun horror movie for people who like that type of roller coaster ride. So again, so much fun to make. And uh, I still enjoy watching that one. Well, Adam, you sound like you have the best job on the planet, hands down, and I am now very envious of you. <laughs> uh, but I want to thank you for taking the time to be on today. This has been fascinating, and I can't wait to uh, end this recording. Go check out some more Tubi. Love it. Well, Richard, thank you. Greatly appreciate it, and uh, hope we talk again soon. Yes, that would be my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Thanks for listening. For more content like this, and to learn about Advertising Week's world-leading events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com. It's never been more important to produce effective video ads, but many businesses don't even know where to start. That's where QuickFrame by Mountain comes in. QuickFrame has facilitated more than 65,000 high-performing on-brand video ads designed for audience specificity and rapid creative testing. Their solution helps brands of all sizes iterate and improve upon campaigns mid-flight to create more effective content more efficiently. It's not too good to be true. It's just how QuickFrame works. Visit QuickFrame.com to learn more.